I started looking for part-time jobs and I was like, what am I good at? Oh, I'm good at sales. I'm good at SDR work. Maybe I'll get a part-time SDR gig. And I started interviewing with these companies. And I just felt like, man, I just, this is not prideful. I try not to be prideful, but I felt like I knew more than a lot of the companies I was interviewing for. And I was like, I can't work for you. I can't work for you because I felt like I knew more. Um, but I was like, someone else would love that job. You know, so what if I could teach someone else how to do it and help them get the job? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Thinking Project podcast. Of course, this is your host, Dalton Jensen. And before I get into my guest, make sure that you're following me on all social media. It's real easy to follow me on social media. Everywhere you can go, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, anywhere is at Dalton K. Jensen. So make sure that you tune in. Make sure that you're following on social media. Make sure that you're subscribed, all that good stuff. Because again, this podcast isn't sponsored. The best way that you can support it is by sharing it with your friends, blowing this up. And if you're a business owner or salesperson, join the Sales Mastermind Group. All of those links are in the description below. With that all being said, let me introduce Jaron Erickson, who is an amazing entrepreneur. He owns a school that teaches you how to sell. That's pretty much the best way to say it. Uh, Dojo is where you can go to redefine education. He helps you get a job. He helps you do that. There are cohorts every month or at least bi-monthly. Anyway, that link will be in the description below. It's an amazing story of how he got there, of how he helps change people's lives every day by helping them break into tech sales or any sales in general, right? So with all that being said, please welcome Jaron Erickson. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you on the other side. We're live. All right, Jaron. Thanks for thanks for joining me, boss. Yeah, man, dude. Super excited to be here, man. Like uh only good things happen on this podcast. And uh, <laughs> and I, I'm excited to be part of it. So dude, you're awesome. Very generous. You are the owner of Sales Dojo. Right or I guess it's just Dojo now, right? Yeah, man. I honestly, a lot of people know it as Sales Dojo. We like to just call it Dojo One for short, and two, like we don't want to limit ourselves to what we're going to do in the future. So, that's a great idea. I love that. What made you think that? I mean, I like because, like I said, I like that idea. Um, I have a similar reason for why I named the podcast that. But tell me, like, where you came up with the idea? Because I think it's fascinating that as people go through their careers and life, like they really get tied down to certain identities and they don't want to let those go. So like sales dojo, right? Like that's your baby. And then you're like, okay, we get rid of the sales. Like you drop the, the off of the, off of Facebook, right? What made you come up with that idea? Like, how did you, how did you come to that conclusion? Dude, honestly, um, I, I can get into the story in just a little bit, like how we started, but I think what it comes from is just like, you know, I, I think I'm a very visionary person. I see potential. Um, and so with what we're doing in terms of like helping people gain access to things that they want to learn, one of those things being sales specifically in like a tech B2B type of space. Um, I think there's so many other things that people want to learn specifically within a realm of business. And so it really opens it up into, you know, different hierarchies within the sales org, or maybe it's like a customer service side or like a virtual assistant side. So I think there's so much potential there that we just haven't wanted to put a cap on, you know, what we're really capable of moving forward. <laughs> Dude, I love that. How do you think that a company like yours that kind of focuses on 
that kind of tech space, whether it's customer success, sales, um, maybe leadership, whatever. How do you feel like that is affecting maybe like traditional college? Dude, that's a really good question. Um, that's one that I answer. Like I try to figure that out in my own life because, you know, I'm 24. Uh, I've been in school. I've been out of school and then I've been back to school. <laughs> and so um, I see a lot of value that comes through like a traditional college experience. And what we built through Dojo and just other sources of education, I don't think it should be ever built to replace anything like that. I think we should just open up greater opportunities to how people learn and what they want to learn. Because um, that's what we've specifically done is, you know, we're teaching specific skill sets that aren't traditionally taught through a college system um, that lead to a great career path, specifically in like tech sales. Right. And so if if there's something else you want to do, like go actively search out the best way to learn that skill. And, you know, I think college has a lot of opportunities for that. But I also think that there's other great ways to learn and you shouldn't limit yourself. Yeah. 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 Okay. I need you to be real candid on this podcast here. Cause you got a dope, what you're doing is real dope. And what do you, and what you're doing, like why I love it so much is because you, when, when you're in sales, right? Like sales is you learn sales just by doing it. Like, you, you know, you can only take the horse so far. Right. And so, mm -hmm. because it's just, it's just a really cool thing. How do you feel like this stacks up with, like, how do you rank yourself or how do you, how does this stack up with, cause I'm sure you get these questions when you, when you're placing people or when you're like, like soliciting this, the, the dojo, right. Um, how does this stack up with like, let's say like a professional sales degree from like Weber or UVU or something like that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you get that objection. Like, right. Why wouldn't I go here versus there or whatever? Yeah, no, that's actually a cool question. And I'll tell you the sales degree itself, it's actually somewhat new. Like it, it hasn't been a long or it hasn't been around for a long time, um, but it, they turn it into like a four year degree. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so you four years to go learn sales um, through an institution. I think it's great. I like a lot of people will talk about schools. It's not just education, but it's like connections as well. So I think there's a lot of value that can come through those types of connections, meeting with your professors. And again, there's always so much to learn. I think where Dojo stacks up is like, we're a four week program. Um, so honestly, you're probably gonna get more out of your four year course than you can slam into four weeks. But, you know, we find a lot of success that through a four week program, we connect people to jobs paying over 70K that puts them on the track to make a hundred plus K in a year. And then from there up, All right? So I think for a lot of sales reps, it's about getting in the door, learning from experience and then working your way up. And so if you wanna get in like, we can help you do that. And so that's kind of been the niche. Um, but yeah, I definitely don't compare us to a four year degree. We don't, we do not well, cover everything they would. <laughs> well, but like when I think of, so I'm allowed to be candid on this podcast because nobody can really cancel me. I don't really care because I'm too <laughs> poor to cancel. Like, what are you going to, what am I going to do? Like have to get another job tomorrow? Probably. Right. But uh, dude, I've never been a fan of like the professional sales degree. It's always been, been it's always seemed very strange to me. Because I've hired people who have it and I have to, I mean, we're just starting at the bottom. Like, you know, they, they, you know, they've gone through negotiation classes or they've gone through all of this, but like, dude, when you get in front of a human being, when you get on the phone with another human, 
Like that's just, it's not the same. Like you can't write those interactions in a textbook. You have to experience those yourself. Right. And so it's like, you went four years. I think that's great. Yeah. I'd like you said, like networking connections, being, being there, going through the experience. If you want to do that, that's cool. But like you go four years and you don't sell anything. <laughs> like that's what it feels like to me. It's like, you didn't like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. You know what I mean? It's like, besides what you sold on like Craigslist or something at KSL, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know what you did. Um, so for me, it, that's why it's cool. That's why I like what you're doing because you just, we're just going to do the basics. Like you got four weeks. We're going to give you enough to like when you're, cause I guess the other hard part, right. Is like when you're interviewing for like an SDR and AE job, you kind of got to speak the lingo. You kind of got, kind of got to, it, it's got to seem in the interview, like you've been there before. And so you got to have that little bit to get in. Right. Uh, but once you're there, like every company trains different, every company has their own way of doing things every software has its own nuances so it's like there's i mean there's only so there's there's so much i can't teach you <laughs> in yeah sales, right 100 and, and sometimes it's even frustrating for us on certain ends like we have a lot of people they're like hey i have like five six years of sales experience they try to become an account executive in a tech company tech companies don't even consider them because they don't have mm -hmm. like tech specific sales experience <laughs> um which oh, you know i can be started on that <laughs> yeah yeah we can talk about this on different page but a lot of times they really want you to start as like that sdr like they want you yeah. to kind of put yourself through that ground and uh it's very humbling for some but if you get in early and then you work your way up it's like that's one of the best things you could ever do for your career path in tech sales um yeah so yeah that's yeah. a that's a different subject if we want to talk about that but I totally <laughs> well I did it I so I, that's what happened to me like I felt like oh account executive like all right that's cool but you know what it was kind of bittersweet right like I got both sides of it like it was nice because when I was promoted to an account executive like I was promoted pretty quickly like I was only an SCR for like six months so and I did well and it was fine um but and then when I was an account executive and got an SDR um, I knew, I, I knew where, how hard it, like I understood where it was. I had more empathy. Right. So I guess it was good in that sense. So, but, but yeah, dude, it's, but that's not what, what they pitched. That's not what the pitch was. It was like, ah, you don't know, sex sales start at the bottom because SDR is a, that's a hard freaking job, dude. That's not an easy job. <laughs> yeah. No, without because, doubt. Like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Just saying like it, it is a grind. Like at the end of the day, and I think it kind of gets like sometimes it's this glorious position that like you you start working for a tech company, but hey, at the end of the day, like it is a hustle. Um, but honestly, the skill set that you learn as an SDR is foundational for everything else that you will do in a sales career and outside of a sales career. Like the ability to talk to people who don't know who you are, don't know what you do, and probably don't want to talk to you, build value for those people. Like you can do that, man. You can you can conquer the world. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a grind dude. And that's why it was always, um, so that's why like when I became an account executive, it was like, all right, yeah, I'm kind of glad I went through it. Cause now you can treat people like people not, not saying that, but because there's some A's out there who just like don't care. Right. And so for me, it always felt like a good experience because I was like, all right, now I get it. Like, and, and plus my, one of my big philosophies in sales is if like, your leaders should have been there, right? Like um, I've done everything that I'm asking you to do, right? 
Like there's nothing that an SDR has done that I haven't done. Send out a hundred cold emails a day, make 50 phone calls. Someone hangs up the phone on me, right? <laughs> Threatens to come find where I work and beat the shit out of me. Like I, I've been there, right? Like, okay. And so as a leader, you just have that much more credibility, but tech is just weird man. by itself. Yeah. I, I think that concept though is so true. I, I had a mentor of mine talk, call it, you know, being in the trenches, like being in the trenches with those you lead when it just, you understand where they're coming from. And, and if you want to be mentored or taught by someone, like you want them to know that they've been there before pretty much. Right. Um, and so you can, they can help you get to where they are now. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. I love that concept though. I agree. I think the SDR AE, AE thing is a little weird for me though, bro. I got to tell you, I got to be honest. Here's why the car business used to do this. They were huh. called liners and they were called liners and closers. So outside of the dealership, you'd have these liners and they would qualify the customer. They would land them on a car, get everything perfect. And then they would leave and turn it over to a closer. Right. And the industry, and maybe this is the difference between B2B and retail. Right. And it could very well be, but it was always weird to me because I was like, I, I did liner and closer for a little bit and you, and I always lost money. Because when you like, because those nuances at the beginning of the deal, like when you first meet a customer, you, you catch something that you, you know what I mean? That's like valuable to you when you, when you're trying to win this deal. Right. And you don't have that when you, when you do this. So actually the, and, and plus it just takes that much longer, right? Like, like I can't give you all the info. I got to send you over here. The car business doesn't do that anymore. In fact, there's some that just don't even, you go one person all the way, right? They call it cradle to grave. And, uh, and so it's just weird, like not really a question there, but just, but just my thoughts. Cause it's all, that was always weird to me. I guess you need it. Like, I mean, I, I get why you, why you'd want that. Like why you want your closers closing in your, in your setter setting. Right. But uh, it's just funky. No, no, I, I totally get that. I think seriously, like your best account executives though, like your best closers are probably your best setters as well at the end of the day. And it's right. like, you know, I, I really feel like the AEs that go hit, you know, 150% quota every month. Yeah, it's because they're getting sets from the SDRs and then they're bringing in two to three of their own deals every month. And like, that's, right. how, that's how you really, you know, <laughs> special, special your quota is. But. I, no, I agree with you. But that's why it's weird, right? Because you're like, all right, I'm an AE, cool. And you're like, all right, what does that mean? And they're like, uh, I'm like I get an SDR. And you're like, they're like, yeah, for sure. Uh, but you also have to go find your own, which is fine with me. Like I'm, I've always been a full cycle because that's just sales though. But I've, but I've always just been like, all right, that's kind of, but it's just kind of weird that why don't I just get my own stuff then? <laughs> right? Like I'll just get it myself then. I don't care. Uh, no, I mean, I love, I love that, but, but it's cool. So I, I kind of want to get back to this education piece though, because just the way that education is going right now, it needs a huge change, right? Because, so even if you're talking about sales, like I, I think your program is perfect for sale. Like if you want to get into sales, you want to break into it, go to the dojo, go get a job four weeks, pay whatever you got to pay and then go and then go earn your stripes. Right. Um, but like the whole, this, this four year college and look, I'm not a college basher because like I'm, I've got two degrees, <laughs> right. But like, but at the same, but at the same time, I wish that like, cause I'm also from the Midwest where like 
most of my high school didn't go to college and they, and they go to trades and stuff like that. So I, I view sales as almost like a trade. You go to like a four week thing, learn it real quick and then get, get the hell out of here and go get it, go sell something. Right. And so it's just going to be really important in the future for companies like yours and like how we disrupt education. I, I think it's cool to say that. Like, I think it's a huge focus of just something that I see as well. Like just like the trends, the way things are going, like the access to information that we have now, it's, it's never been like this before. Right. Like you talk about 20, 30 years ago, like when my parents were in school, you know, it's totally different. Like they were still in the library pulling books, trying to write papers. And now it's like, you can look up anything you want within a couple of minutes. And then you have, you know, different video tutorials, like so much learning that takes place. Like if I want to watch a Harvard business class, I can look that up. I can probably go our revisions class if I want to learn from that. Right. Um, but I think for me, like the one thing that will never be replaced in terms of education, I think is just experience, just the, the experience and application that you can get. Like, I think learning is so much more than just absorbing knowledge. But I think education is really finding ways to acquire knowledge and then being able to use it in the best way possible to serve other people. So, Yes. Yeah. I, dude, I love that. I, and you bring up such a great point because I read this book um, that has nothing to do with So I love one of my little background about me and one of my favorite phrases in sales and one of my hot topics is philosophy over psychology in sales. And like, look, I've read all the books, Influence, Tony, I've read all the psychology books. Um, but there's something to be said about the philosophy of sales and like how you actually st stick to it. Right. Um, because, you know, like they say in jujitsu, right. A black belt is just a white belt who didn't quit. And that's literally like you, <laughs> like there's a path to black belt for everybody. Right. And so what, you know, where I was going with that is I read this book called, um, the circle of the atonement. And it's a, it's an old philosophy book, but in there she makes one point that says, um, we're past the point of data collection. So she's making an argument that like, uh, you know, in, in philosophy and like religion, right. It's a scripture thing. And, and I don't want to get too far into that, but like people just sit there and like read and learn, right. To like become a better person. And the philosophy chain, like the philosophy is now like we're past the point of data collection. Like you don't need any more info. Like I think, and I, and what's funny is because when I read that, I thought about sales and it was weird because it like, like you said, right? Like I can go watch a Harvard class. I can learn sales for free on, on YouTube, blah, 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 right? All this stuff. And it's a great thing. But like, do like I, you could have watched 50 hours of YouTube on selling, but like you've never sold anything. And so I don't, like, I don't need P, I don't need data collectors. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need people who like, you know, builders, man. Builders. Yeah. I, I love that concept. See, I think, I think I'm yeah. an action oriented, like, person like if i don't act on something i feel like i kind of go insane um but i i personally feel like so much of my own growth has come through learning like just mentoring and leaders or books concepts i've learned but the way that i've like really allowed that knowledge to stick and like grow and develop into something greater i feel it's like using it so I love what you said. It's not just data collection. It feels like you have to use that data. You have to use that knowledge for something or for it to one continue to progress, continue to, you know, build upon itself. But 
also just for your own sake of being able to actually accomplish anything. Uh, right. <laughs> no action. There's yeah. no accomplishment. I think, and I think that's why people, I think that's why we get in this because there's two spectrums of the college argument, right? One side of the spectrum is, you know, you need education. You need, and by the way, both sides are true. Right? Like you need education. You need to go to college, blah, blah, blah. Should be affordable. Cool. Then you have the other side. That's like, we don't need it because we have all the knowledge. And what's funny mm -hmm. is like, just to kind of cap off this idea is like, you have to like, eventually you have to get out and you have to start doing it. In fact, scholar, I can't remember what the root is, but, but old time, like old school, like back in like, you know, when all of this early 1800s, right. Only edge, like only rich people could like be scholars, like a road mm -hmm. scholar was somebody who'd finished their career and then they were learning, right. Then they had time to like learn and grow and stuff. And, and so it's funny because like now it's the opposite. Like to get, which is fun. Like, I, I, I'm not saying education is bad or anything, but it's just, it's, it's kind of flipped how we do this. Now we need people who like have some kind of competence to like come in. And, and it's just funny because <clears throat> what is that definition? Do you need a four year degree to be competent or do you need four weeks and a, um, and an apprenticeship to be competent, right? Like, Interesting. So let me ask you this. You started Dojo 24, dude. Really impressive. You guys have been going for a year or two, right? Yeah. Coming up on two years. Yeah. Dude. Very, very cool. Very impressive. What made you, <clears throat> and this, this isn't meant in any way other than to like get inside your brain and figure yeah, out still... like your story, <laughs> dude. But what made you think at 22 after maybe being an SDR and all these things that you could start a sales school and get to where you are right now. Cause like one of the things is like imposter syndrome, right? Like I had, when I started my course, I had like a decade of sales training. And when I went into the training world, I would, dude, I was, I was like, I should not be here, bro. I'm trying to compete with like all these people. And I was, so, so not in a condescending way, but I just want to get, you know what I mean? I want to get the story, but like, what made you, what made you think like, bro, I got this. I can do this step aside. Dude, I, I love that you say that. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's kind of a cool story, I guess, for me. Like, I guess where it started was, like, number one, I was going to school. Like, I, I was going to UVU, Utah Valley, and I was trying to figure out, like, what I wanted to do with my career, I guess. I was like, I don't even know what I want to study. Like, why am I here? Like, I, I just had no idea where to go. Um and so what do I do when I don't really know what to do? I go talk to my dad. <laughs> I'm like, dad, like, help me out here. Uh, and my dad worked for a tech company out of San Francisco called Carta. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, really big. I think they're like an $8 billion company now, which is crazy. But so my dad worked at Carta at the time. And he's like, Jerry, like, you should go work for one of these tech companies in Silicon Slopes. And I was like, what? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, like, you should go. I was like. I, I never thought that was a possibility for me. And he, I'm like, I'm not really a computer guy. Like, I don't know if I'd really fit in in this tech industry or whatever. <laughs> He's like, dude, you could do sales. I was like, okay, like, I'll try it. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't have any experience or anything. So I asked my dad, I was like, hey, dad, what, what are the two best companies in Utah right now? I'm going to go work for one of them. 
Um, and I ended up interviewing at a couple companies and I got interviewed at Divi at the time and Divi cool. hired me for some reason. They like decided to hire me and bring me on as an SDR. <laughs> Heck I, yeah, dude. I had no idea what I was doing. I just showed up and like, I'm ready to rock and roll. Like I'll work out, I'll outwork anyone. Let me learn what I need to do. Let's go. Um, mm-hmm. So I ended up riding out this Divi rocket ship, you could say, and I was there for 18 months. Now, what happened during that 18 months was, you know, I'd been promoted four different times um, and started to work my way up the ladder. I was making really good money, had the opportunity to go be an AE, and it just kind of hit me. Like, like Divi, they just got acquired by Bill. I got an equity check in the mail. I was like, this is unbelievable, this ride that I'd just been on. And I just felt like, you know, why don't more people do this? Like, I, I really am not anything <laughs> special. Like, I'm not this anomaly. I was like, sure. why don't more people get into tech sales and have a similar experience that I had? You know, I felt like I just got really, really lucky in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where it started, number <laughs> one. And then I ended up leaving Divi and going back to school because I was like, I don't know, like, I'm going to try something new. And I started looking for part-time jobs. And I was like, what am I good at? I'm going to sales and do SDR work. Maybe I'll get a part-time SDR gig. And started interviewing for these companies. I just felt like, man, I just, this is not prideful. I try not to be prideful. But I felt like I knew more than a lot of the companies I was interviewing for. And I was like, I can't work for you. I can't work for you because I felt like (laughs) I knew more. Um, But I was like, someone else would love that job. You know, so what if I could teach someone else how to do it and help them get the job instead of me, you know? And so we just kind of went for it, man. Like we ran our first cohort, which was uh, my sister, (laughs) um, a friend (laughs) and someone that we had like convinced to try it. And all three of them got, (laughs) all three got hired at tech. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like this works, you know? And we're like, let's try it again. So we do another cohort and people start getting hired. And we're like, let's charge for it, charged for it. People signed up, people got hired. And it was just like, I can't believe this actually works. You know, like we, we've done it and we've done a good job. And that was the coolest thing is like people became top performers at their company within a couple months. And it was just like, and you don't need to have X amount of years of experience. You just got to be really good at what you do. And yeah. it was cool to see people like learn the skills they needed through the course and then like go tackle it at a career. So I don't know, kind of cool. Very, very cool. Very cool. Very impressive. I love that. And so, no, and by the way, very, very like great answer because I think a lot of people feel like that. Like I felt like that. Like I remember interviewing it a company that I won't name. And I remember getting into an argument with the, with my, with the hiring manager, with the, they made me interview with a sales manager. Right. And we got into, we like full blown. Like I was arguing with the dude. We were like yelling at each other over the phone and like get, cause I was like, he was trying to, ch- he was trying to check me. And I was like, dude, but I was like, but I, you don't understand. Like I've sold like your, the product you're telling me that you sell. And that I would be selling for, or that I would, wouldn't even be selling. I'd just be setting appointments for you, right? That product, I have sold used cars to CEOs at tech companies 
that are more money than this in less time. I'm like, so I get it. Like, I, I'm not saying I can't learn and there's not nuances, right? But if you're telling me that I, ha I don't have the experience and that I don't know what that's like, you're high, dude. And, and so we went back and forth. And I was like, dude, I don't need, I don't, I was like, I was just done. I was like, I don't need this, bro. I'll keep making it. I was like, and by the way, the money, I was like, I'm willing to take a pay cut to learn it because I want to change industries because I had to, right? So I was like, I'm willing to do that, but, but bro, don't tell me that I can't do this or that you think I can't do this because I was like, I'll make more money. Like he was trying to, like I was a car salesman and he was trying to check me. And I was like, I was like, bro, I'll just make more money like than you and I'll sell and I'll be a sleazy car salesman and I'll make more money than you. I was at, we got to fight. I was just so pissed, dude. I was like, Oh my gosh. And so like, if you can give somebody that, uh, that confidence to go into one of those conversations and not, and not get into an argument like, like I did. Um, that's pretty cool though. It's pretty cool. I don't know. I was a little, that, that was, he caught me on a bad day too. I shouldn't probably shouldn't have taken that interview that day because there was a bunch of other crap that went on. But anyway, but it was wild though, dude. It was crazy. But, but, uh, but, um, and, and here's the other cool thing about what you, what you said, right? So people kept getting hired. You, they, you know, then you charged, they got hired some more. They kept, they kept going. What I think is really cool about that is because one of my questions coming into this interview is about credibility. Like, how did you build credibility? And that's it. That's all you need, right? Like, dude, we hire people. Like, <laughs> I have a better placement rate than colleges in Utah do. <laughs> like, but for real, I have a better job placement rating than, than half of these schools do, dog. It, it, um, it's and I'm sure question. that changes when you get up to their numbers, but yeah. It, it is a cool question. Like, and I still get asked that, like, you know, what makes you credible? Like if I'm on a call and Hey, like you have reason to question me, like I'm 24. I still have a ton to learn, like without a doubt, like you want to, our company is so imperfect, but um, I feel like a lot of that credibility has come from like, look at the results, you know, go look at the results and let them speak for themselves. And it's like, we're just good at what we do. And that's sometimes the best thing I can say is like, you know, we're just really good yeah. at what we do and you can take it for what it is. And you, and, and, and it's mainly SDRs, right? You just help people break in like SDRs or do you do AEs too? Or like what else? We specifically focus on like an SDR niche. Like that's typically where okay, people cool. are able to kind of break into that type of sector. Yeah. What I think is cool about that too, is like, you also don't try to like, punch above your weight. And there, and by the way, there'd be nothing wrong with that anyway, because what's an AE other than a person who like you just add one step to the deal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I think that's cool too, because you're like, look, Hey, where, where I'm not trained. And that's what I did. Like I'm, uh, when I started, like I have this little sales mastermind group and that's what I tell people. I'm like, look, dude, if you're an enterprise AE working at Domo, I don't come join my group. Like it's not worth it for you. dog. <laughs> But like, you know what I mean? Like, I just know who I serve. Like, I don't, that's not who I, I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy to teach an enterprise AE at Qualtrics, how to close Microsoft, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy who takes small business owners who are shaking in their boots. They've never closed a deal and they don't even know what sales means and to get their company up to like a million dollars a year with them, right? Because zero to one is all you. It's got to be you. It's got to be the right. So I can help you do that. Right. Past that. Yeah. Go find Tony Robbins, <laughs> Grant Cardone. They'll help you out, dog. But like, so I think it's cool too, that like you guys also, 
you just you know who you serve man and there's nothing and that's great by the way the world needs sdrs the world needs all of that i think some people kind of get you know they're kind of like well i could teach anybody and i'm sure you know but it's like that whole thing that's like if you serve everybody you know you serve no one right kind of thing and so so that's also what i think is really impressive because yeah dude i think sdr is a really hard job but it's not because we both done it right it's not rocket science <laughs> like, if you got a strong chin and you can take a couple of hits i think it'll be okay we can teach you the rest yeah. dude <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i love that and honestly like yes dojo's been cool and it's been cool like work with tech companies but like the best part about everything we do is like the stories that come from it like the whole mission behind why dojo was started like it was really to change lives because I felt like my life changed through my ride with Divi. I used to be able to work in an amazing company, with amazing leaders and mentors. Like that was foundational for anything else that I'll do. And so I feel like there's a lot of good that can come through working within like the tech industry. Because if you combine high pay and high growth, which is the tech company, it really attracts high caliber people. Um, and so if you can surround yourself with that type of person, like one, you're going to become that type of person. So I really think that the whole purpose behind Dojo is just to try to help more people access better career paths, access better jobs and kind of break this stigma. Like, hey, look, so what? You didn't go to college. I don't care. You can go kick butt at a tech company if you put in the work now. Right. So just helping people raise their vision of what they're capable of is a, a huge pillar of what we what we focus on and honestly i don't know if dojo would have lasted if it wasn't for the amazing students we've had because i feel like i gain a lot of inspiration determination and grit just from hearing their stories right? like i don't feel like i've been through anything compared to what a lot of these other people have gone through i'm like if they can do it i can do it and you know <laughs> keep going together yeah, you said now you said like what they've gone through, like to get to this point or like you meet some people late in their career. Like, tell me more. Dude, honestly, early on, I thought we'd be working with a lot of people, maybe like me. Hey, we're going to school, kind of this mid 20s. But man, we've worked with so many different people. Like we've worked with you know, people from like the construction industry who've been there, who've got family and kids and have helped them triple their income. Right. You know, we've helped with like helped women who have are like single moms, you know, get back into the workforce and take care of a family. Um, and then just other like individuals who feel like they've kind of been beat down, told that they wouldn't be good and anything like stuck in some retail job or something like that and help gain access and almost like spark that confidence again. Like, Hey, you can do what that, whatever the heck you want. Right. But you just got to do the work. So honestly, that's been the coolest part is, the wide range of people we've worked with, like I thought it'd be a smaller niche, but it has been amazing just to see how many people can benefit from like self-progression, learning a sales skill set and accessing like the tech type. <laughs> Dude, that's very cool. I had a very similar experience with my sales mastermind group. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot of like uh, bros, right? Yeah. Crazy enough. A lot of stay at home moms, like a lot of single moms, like a lot of, a lot of womenpreneurs, uh, which is by the way, which is great. I'm a girl dad have, I like would consider myself a feminist, you know, love it. 
Um, but I was just didn't, I wasn't expecting it. Um, <clears throat> but it's been great. Like we took it and we're, and we're doing, and we're, you know, and I'm doing really good with it. But, uh, you know, when you mentioned that, I was like, yeah, dude, that's crazy. And you know, what's even, yeah, I, I mean, like good for you getting these people into tech because that was always the most frustrating thing for me. Like I remember I had an SDR at one of these companies I worked at. He killed it in retail, killed it in retail. When I left, like he was, he was working at like uh zoomies dude. Sling, mm. Like, did you know that? Mo- and by the way, did you know most of these retail shops are actually commissioned like buckle zoomies? Like they're commissioned. Oh. Did you know that? Dude, I, I've heard the stories, man. I think it's wrong. Like, it, I yeah, but it's wild though, dude. You would never yeah. think that, right? But like, when, once you know that, you're like, whoa, dude, these guys are actually like hustlers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're actually like good. You know what I mean? And so, like, I remember yeah. high, like this guy, and he came on, crushed it as an SDR, like, killed it. And when I left, I was like, bro, you need to come with me. Um, come, like, come with me, be my SDR, you and I, same team again, we'll just kill it here. And he was like, all right, cool. So I sent, and they wouldn't hire him because he didn't have a college degree. Dude, I'm like, I, I walked, I remember walking up that day to the hiring manager and I was like, bro, I was like, I get it. You're not the person who made the rule. I was like, but we just lost a slayer. We just, we lost him and we're not going to get him back either. I was like, that's a dumb rule. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what are you going to do? Fire me. I was like, I'll have a job tomorrow. Anyway, it was dumb. But do you ever get that? Do you ever like, I mean, they go through your thing. So I guess you could kind of like convince a manager. You're like, yeah, it's kind of like a degree. Yeah. Un- honestly, you got a degree from the dojo dog. <laughs> hey, that would actually be pretty sick. I'm a fan of that. That would be dope. But uh, there are, there are still companies like that. You know, like they say, like, hey, you have to have a bachelor's degree or we won't interview you. And, you know, if, if we ever talk, like, I'll, I'll I'll go to my grave and say, like, you know, you're missing out on some of the best people I've ever met. Right. Um, and that's up to them. That's up to them. And we also, like, we teach our students as well. Like, we don't tell them where to go. Like, we have a lot of companies who will reach out wanting to hire these graduates. Right. And uh, we kind of vet these companies. Like we have to make sure they pay well, they have good growth opportunities for them, and they have good leadership, right? Um, but we don't tell people where to go. But what we do tell them to look for is like, hey, when you're interviewing with a company, like yes, they're interviewing you, but like you also gotta kind of interview them. Like you gotta figure out where you feel like you fit. And you know, if a company doesn't believe in you for some reason, you know, go to a different company that actually sees your potential and go crush it there you know so mm. i don't know I, I think it's uh i think it's tough i think how do you that, but how do you teach how do you teach that to somebody like a you know in your in your example you had the construction guy stay at home how do you teach that bro that because that's scary dude if you're like i maybe i'll just take this job because i need it right um but yeah, jaron told me <laughs> but, but but like how do you you know what i mean because like it's kind of like ah but jaron yeah but like, how do you help them do that? Because that's big, dude. I mean, you're right. hundred percent. You're right. But that's a scary conversation to have dog. Dude, it, that's a good question. Cause I, I think what it is, like, if you, if you were able to like watch an individual, like come through the whole course, like the four weeks we have them, um, we've interviewed 
all of our students, like so many of our students after the course is completed. And the main theme that they say is I feel more confident. And I'm like, if out of everything they take away from the course, sales skills, like better LinkedIn presence, strategy, whatever, I honestly think confidence is the biggest key. And so we've had a lot of these reps, like they know that they're good. They know they now have options and they finally believe in themselves again. And once that fire's lit, I think they can go into an interview with a little bit of swagger and just like they feel it. It's not something you have to teach them because I can't give you confidence. you got to see it in yourself. And I think a lot of them figure it out through like the hard work they put in during the course. Dude, you now you say hard work during the course and I kind of like I kind of checked like those professional sales degrees. What kind of you don't have to tell me everything, but like, uh, you know, the kind of like the high level 30,000 foot view, like what do you put people through? Yeah, dude, good question. So like we got our curriculum, like there's a lot of sales training companies out there. Like I'm not saying we're like this anomaly, right? But something we've seen is a lot of companies will be like, hey, watch this video, like read this article, remember to do this. And there's not a lot of application that takes place. Uh, so it's just like, you know, if I want to get better at golf, you know, I can watch hundreds of golf videos on TikTok or on Instagram and how-to videos. But kind of back to this concept of action, like the only way you can get better at sales is by actually applying the skills that you learn. So one of our biggest keys to success, I'd say, is we do a lot of the dirty work and we do a lot of role plays. Like we teach a skill and then we practice that skill over and over and over. We call it like at bat, like the more at bats you get, the better you are. And so instead of just learning these principles, like we actually practice them where the students start to like make mistakes. Like we're not very good week one, but they start to tweak it themselves. They start to learn more and then they're, they start to feel the progression take place. And then I feel like our growth is pretty exponential from there. Oh, I love that, dude. I love I and by the way, role plays are great. Everybody <laughs> hates them, but they're so they're good, dude. In I, fact, I when I was when I was when I hire when I hire salespeople, I tell them like, hey, like the it's like a 30 minute interview. Like I don't do long interviews. I go 15 minutes. You and I are going to chat the last 15 minutes. I, I'm we're going to roll like I'm going to ask you some questions and like we're going to role play. That's my 30. I don't. Cause like when I was in the car dealership, it I was always like, I would be like this. And then I'd be like, all right, cool. So let me ask you a question. Customer comes up to you and says, it's the, the car car's too much money. What do you say? And they just freeze. They just freeze. And I'm like, I'm just, you know what I mean? I think you got to like know what you're looking for as a manager. In that case, for me, obviously they don't know anything. Right. And that's the point. I just kind of want to see nat their, if their natural instinct is to like figure out, what else you know what i mean like are you gonna say okay cool see you later or are you gonna be like well all right hold on you know what i mean are you gonna say are you gonna like try right because what is the customer's cars tech machines digital marketing what is the customer supposed to do they're not gonna hand you a blank check doc right they're gonna you're gonna have to we're gonna have to negotiate a little bit right and so i would all that so i love role-playing even in interviews like i'll just hit somebody right Dude, there I- you know because it's I'm a fan of that. Like we actually, I, I, one of the, this is like secret sauce stuff right here now, but (laughs) (laughs) something we tell them, like we tell our grads is like, Hey, when you go to your interview, you should say, 
hey, I've researched your company. I drafted a pitch that I've been practicing. Can I do a role play with you? Like we actually have, we want our grads to ask the hiring manager if they can do a role play. And I'm like, dude, that's an automatic job right there. I don't know if that's true. That's what I believe because like if you're someone to go in there, hey, I've done the research, I've done the work, here's my pitch, how can I do better? What else do you want from a rep, right? So, yeah, I mean, so that's... That, one. Yeah. Try that. I bet you get a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should though. I think I think it's always funny. Um, interview, yeah, the, uh, the interviewing world is dumb in sales too. Like, the, by the way, that's been my whole career. I was an accountant for like two weeks. So I got my, I actually got my bachelor's in accounting, MBA, MBA in finance. And I don't do any of those, but with those, like you gotta be really technical, right? So like, of course I'm going to get a quiz. Like I, I plan accounting jobs. They're going to give you tests and stuff like that. Cause you got to know, cause like if you mess up in accounting, that's a lawsuit, right? Um, yeah. But in sales, so you got to make sure you know who you're dealing with in, in accounting, right? But in sales, dude, I that's why I, I didn't even look at people's resumes. Like I don't construction worker, stay at home mom, plumber. I don't I don't care. Like let let me ask you some questions, <laughs> and uh, and see. I actually trained a few um, like electric HVAC electric electrician companies in sales. Like I I took yeah. them through sales training. Because we've all been there, dude. We've all had that electrician who doesn't know how to talk about money, dude. And it's the most <laughs> uncomfortable conversation you've ever heard in your life, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, your, bra your breaker's out. I'm like, all right, cool, dude. I trust you because I don't know dick about a breaker. How much is it going to cost? And he go and the electrician goes, well, it kind of maybe might cost 500 But if you kind of want to say maybe I'll do it for 400 if you just stop, if you just make me stop talking right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like wild dude so i've i've done that a couple of times because you just <clears throat> it's that delivery man it's like you'll close 90 percent of deals if you can just deliver that right dude mm -hmm. you'll get 90 you'll get you'll get a job just because you can deliver it like i'm not really like most hiring managers aren't really looking for like perfection or like i don't really care that because we're in an interview like i don't really care if you don't know the product that well but i need to see like a delivery. Hmm. I needed like, you could tell me everything wrong. Like some people even just give you a fake company and they're just like, I don't, I don't want you to like, cause they don't want you to like get nervous about, you know, whatever. Right. But I mean, well, your, yours is great. I mean, obviously do that, but like, I've just been in situations where, where companies will be like, look, we don't want you to like stress about learning everything about this. So here's a fake company. Just like, we just want to see you deliver it. And, uh, and I think it's, that's really cool, dude, bro. You got to That's a dope. It's dope what you're doing, man. I think it's, I think it's killer. I think more people need that too. Cause I feel the same way. Like I'm doing like an appointment, like a staffing thing where we go find people and set appointments. And I'm like, dude, we can teach anybody how to set appointments and you can really change somebody's life. Cause I was always of the opinion, like, like, look, if I, if you saw a hundred dollar bill across the street floating in the wind, <laughs> you would run over there and grab it. Right. So why? So, so, cause people always be like, well, it's just not enough money. And I go, right. But if you saw a $20 bill under a rock on the sidewalk, you pick up it, you'd been over, pick it up. I'm telling you that setting appointments is that easy and you can make more than 20 bucks. So come on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't yeah. and, well, uh, dude, I, dude, I appreciate that. 
I appreciate that a ton. Like, uh, I don't I know. know it's I, experience, so. <laughs> I, dude, it's just, I know I'm, I'm a fanboy, bro. I, I, I love it. Cause it's just really cool to see this. Cause that's something I'm so passionate about is like disrupting the education system because so many people don't have access to this. And then in like, especially in sales, like it's really hard or excuse me, let me, let me reverse it. It's really easy to find a shitty sales trainer who will just take all your money and you didn't learn anything. Do you know what I'm saying? And so like the good ones who can actually like, like I help place people like shoot. Some of my students even work for me. I just go, I'll hire you because because I got people who need salespeople. So I'll just, you know, whatever. Right. So like the people like that, um, is just like the sales course and training industry is just super something I'm super passionate about because it's full of people who just want a quick buck. And if you don't know anything, you get roped in. And so I, I always try to champion people who like actually have substance behind what they're doing, dude. And, and so, Cause I mean, you've seen it, right? Like when you were looking at sales or when you were, I mean, what kind of sales training did you, or like, did you look up before you went to Divi? Did you like do any, any kind of research or were you just like, Hey, I'm at Divi now. No, man. I, I feel like I got in pretty early. Like, cool. I, I feel like there's a buzz around the tech world and I got in pretty early and, and they just took me like, yeah. Was it, back, but did you do any like sales training, like on your own or like try to find anything on your own? Dude, honestly, no and, and like right, that's, hey, that's good though that's all right um <laughs> one i don't think is quite as competitive as it is now and two i probably was like still this college kid trying to figure things out i was like oh, i'm just gonna show up you know i i did my research i kind of had but like you know i i definitely could have prepared more and it, it ended up being a very fortunate opportunity hey but you know what man some of the best opportunities, like, so I've done this podcast for two and a half years. I've interviewed over 250, 260 entrepreneurs, cool. 300 hours of interviews. Let me tell you the one, there's one common denominator that I've seen in a successful venture. And it's not in any book, but this is it. They, it was an accident. <laughs> I'm not joking. They were like, like, like your story, right? Like not an accident, but you were like, Oh, let's just try it. My sister said she'd do it. So I was just doing my sister and my buddy didn't have anything going on. Let's try it. Right. Like it wasn't like there was no, there was like, there's some businesses that start like with a business plan, but the best ones that I've seen and I've interviewed all like all been like, I don't know if this is going to work dog, but we're just going to try it. And if it doesn't work, then <laughs> Mobetas, Mobetas, dude, you ever been there? Dude. You're getting me I fired up. I interviewed, <laughs> I interviewed Kimo Mack, who's the founder. Kimo uh -huh. and Kalani Mack founded Mobetas in, in Bountiful, Utah. Kimo moved from Hawaii. He was a bus driver in Hawaii, moved from Hawaii to Bountiful, sold his house in Hawaii. All the equity that he had in his house from selling in Hawaii, um, bought his house, the rest of the equity, dumped into Mobetas. Because he was like, Cause he was like, um, I'll just cook what I cook at home. Wow. Mobetas is Mobetas is comfort food because I'm Hawaiian. That what he served at Mobetas <laughs> is what you find at a Hawaiian barbecue. Anyway, it was just like, it, it was just like this, you know, he was like, Oh, 
I'm a bus driver. I cook food. I'll just cook it for somebody else. Like it wasn't like this crazy big business plan. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, and maybe an accident, maybe saying it was an accident is too like down, it downplays it a little too much, but it's the only word that I can think of right now on this, on this episode to like, uh, talk about the gravity of the situation, which was like, chemo did not like there was no nothing written down that they were going to be 50 stores lots of tons of different states ended up getting uh you know selling a bunch of equity to the savory and all these things right like it was it was just crazy dude and uh and so your story is just awesome and and that's everybody else's story right like I'll just go to this tech company, right? Like I'll just, all right, Jaron says you can do it. All right, let's do it. And then it ends up being the best thing ever. Like the moves that make the most sense are the ones that just fall right there. They just like, Oh shit, there it is. Man. Well, dude, I, I appreciate that. And, and honestly, a concept I've really thought about and, and probably something I really try to work on because I, I make it such a big focus because I'm probably not the best at it all the time, but uh, just like imperfect action just you know being willing to try something being willing to fail because honestly i think one failure is one of the best teachers out there i think that we should be able to fail more obviously that's a different subject but also like if you sat me down two three years ago and you're like hey jaron let's come up with a business idea like there's no (laughs) way i would ever come up with the concept of Right. But once you started working in the job, taking action, like you start learning more. And so you have to be willing to move forward in order to learn new skills, open your vision, see new possibilities. So honestly, some of my greatest advice for people that want to be an entrepreneur is, you know, go get a job, go do something, go work. Because like just sitting around, you don't always get the ideas. You have to be moving in order for new opportunities to come. Dude, crazy, crazy that you said that because there's a super interesting statistic that, and this is like legit. Um, so we've all heard of the people who like drop out of college and start a business and like Facebook, right? But crazy enough, those are the, right. And we all know this, this isn't, this isn't the news, right? That's an outlier. That's not the news. The crazy statistic is when you, um, start a business after you, after, so like, People who start a business after being in the workforce for 10 plus years and after their age of 30, that business venture has a 90% chance of success. If you start a business out right out of college or drop out of college and start it, you have a 10% chance of success. So you actually, if you want to be an entrepreneur, actually the best advice that you could give somebody is to go into the workforce, find mentors, grow with people, get experience, and then go start you have a you have that there's a and it's it's a it's a 180 percent swing that you'll Mm -hmm. succeed if you if you do it that way because you know right like you know what's going on dude yeah no why i've seen that i've seen that and obviously don't have 10 years of experience but i do (laughs) feel like Everything I've done, like the way I view things, the th- the way we run things, was so foundational for my manager, like uh, who just taught me so much. I watched Divi's leadership team, like their revenue team, make decisions and like why they chose to make those decisions. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I, I'm obviously have not had to well, make the same decisions they've had, but 
it's been cool. Well, yeah. And that wasn't a slight to you because you still did that though, right? Like you, it was like, I'm not going to start an SDR company because I read that SDR being an SDR is easy oh, yeah. and it's just setting appointments, right? Like you were in it, right? So you have, there's a lot to be said for that. And so you go like, all right, I've been here. Now I can do it. And it's successful because you're like, because you look at your students, right? I've never been in your class, but I'm sure you look at your students right there. And you're like, no, 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 I'm not telling you this because like, I think it works. I'm telling you this because here's a recorded phone call of me doing what I just told you to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah. So, so dude, it's uh it's great, bro. I keep killing it. Um, before I let you go, cause this was an amazing interview and you've been more than generous with your time. Um, tell everybody how they can find you when the next cohort is, if they're listening to this and want to start, like, how do they get a dog? Man, well, number one, thanks for having me, man. Seriously, I, I love what you're doing. I love the message that, just, that you share, just, you know, helping people learn new things and honestly, like, kind of push themselves in new ways. So, uh, but I don't know if, if, if you know anyone, like, if it's you or if you know anyone that wants to access, like, a better career or kind of break into a growing tech industry, like one of the best ways is to obviously go to our website. It's just salesdojo.com um, to kind of learn a little bit more about what we're doing. Our next cohort, we actually run one cohort every month. So we start typically at the beginning of each month for our cohorts. We actually have a limited number of headcounts. So we, we try to get those capped out before and then put a lock on it and then push people to the next cohort. So um, but if you want to apply, we act, you can actually apply through the Dojo website. And then if you put Dalton's name, like you heard it on this podcast, I'll reach out personally <laughs> instead of someone else on our team and we can kind of chat it up and learn a little more. So <laughs> that's probably the best Dope, way to dude. get into the best. So. Dope, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, boss. Thank you so much. So, Dalton, thanks for having me, man. Love what you do. And uh, I think you're the man. <laughs>